you're doing the soundtrack now, or you may be doing the soundtrack. You're doing some uh, movie work. Can you tell me something about that? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a movie that Jonathan Demme directed. It's called Something Wild. Something Wild by Jonathan Demme, okay. And the band uh, is in the movie. Uh, we play a part of a reunion band, and we filmed about five songs uh, in it. In addition to that, we're supposed to do some soundtrack work and possibly use some songs for a new album. Was it a good experience working for uh, yes, in yeah. film? You like nice a lot. People. You like to work. What do you like better, acting or the music? <laughs> well, acting, it was all music. Yeah, yeah we you were just played ourselves basically, uh -huh. <laughs> without so. character roles. All right, if you're looking around at the walls and there's a signature from probably everyone who's ever been in this room. Except for the Phillies. Yeah, except, except for, for the Phillies. I was just gonna, I was just gonna <laughs> ask you, would you want to write something on the walls, or is that not your style? Not me. <laughs> If, if you could leave one message to the rest of the groups that are going to come here after you without writing on the walls, what would that be to anybody? Be clean. <laughs> be clean? <laughs> Don't, Don't write, write on, on the walls. walls. Look out! The lever! Get away from that lever! You'll blow us all to atoms! Welcome everyone, this is That Record Got Me High, I'm your host Rob Elba, and I'm so excited once again because I have a guest right here, sitting right here in front of me, in my, in my home. Uh, I'd like to welcome returning guest to the show, Mr. Tom Lowry. Welcome back to the show, Tom. Thanks, Rob, I appreciate it. Why do you keep on bringing me back? <laughs> uh, no, because you're great, you've done, well, you, you do pick great records every time, so you haven't picked one yet that uh you know i mean so you you kind of stack the deck with the record i play. okay okay one shit album and i'm out is what you're saying well you know <laughs> I, I don't know well that's not the case today no <laughs> we have very i, I mean uh, we're the same we're around the same age yeah we have a lot of the same interests we so we do we have a lot of although you are uh, i know you're you're a jazz fan you did tell me you're i you're am kind of a fan yeah of and i'm so waiting for the first bold person to bring jazz to you there's one well spoiler alert there's one coming <laughs> he already knows i already told you but there is one coming all right tom lives in saint peter you still live in saint Petersburg, yep. mm -hmm. right okay so he makes the drive down he brings me beer he brought a lovely tropical bay ipa beer a local beer that's a the local theme. beer all right so the theme now why is the theme local what are we talking about tonight we're talking about the uh the band that could but chose not to from haldon new jersey the feelies and they're all about being local Right, but what is the record we're doing? The Good Earth by wait, the Feelies. Wait! <laughs> but wait, why the fuck are you doing that one that, instead of Crazy Rhythms? You know people are going to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two reasons. One is, I came to the Feelies through the Good Earth first, and then I went back on that. Oh, and really? Did I you? Did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Honestly, I went. I had to go backwards, not forwards, to get that one. And this just out, this album stuck with me a lot more. I love Crazy Rhythms. It's kind of like, there's bands that have the early album that's great, and then the more mature album that's great, you know, like The Clash, the first album in London College. Yes, right, uh, right, right. Or the first R.E.M. album and, you know, something later. It goes on and on for the, the great bands. The same thing here, but when I really want to listen to a Feelies record, I always go back to The Good Earth. Okay. Because I, you know, I was not familiar with this record at all. But I knew uh, Crazy Rhythms, and you know, I was going to mention this to you because we we were starting to talk. We had yeah. we we had a little uh, bite to eat before we came here, and then we had to go by this traffic because there's a uh, apparently there's a uh, James Taylor and um, what's the guy Jackson name? Brown James Taylor Jackson Brown mm -hmm. concert right outside my door practically, so we had to go through that. But we at one point someone had Crazy Rhythms on the schedule. It was on the schedule. I don't know what happened. Really? Not you? It wasn't no, you? it wasn't me. Someone did, and then they must have switched records. Because it was on the schedule at, at one time. But yeah, I was not familiar with this. Most people who are into indie music, and especially around that time, they love like R.E.M. and bands like that. They're going to know that one, Crazy Rhythm. There's a kid I know, but not too well. Doesn't have a lot to say. Well, this boy lives right next door. It could have been that, that rascal Steve Mitchell. 
<laughs> you know what? It could have been actually. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll find out. He'll he'll uh, definitely let us know. But um, all right. So you you mentioned they're from Jersey. They formed. I didn't realize they were around so long. Seventy six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They start as the Out Kids. Uh, some guys. That, uh, let's just go through the band. So. Well, the two main singer-songwriters are Bill Million. That's not his real name. That's Non de Plume. But he got that name from a televangelist that he saw on TV one day. So he goes by Bill Million. Oh, nice. Him and uh, Glenn Mercer meet in high school. And, and so does uh, the percussionist slash drummer at the time, Dave Weckner. And um, they start the Out Kids. And uh, after high school, they start doing the CBGBs thing. They, they, um, they meet, uh, you know. All the bands there from 76 to 80, they don't really, uh, you know, they play a lot and they're getting, they get to be known as the best underground band yet to be signed. Oh, okay. So uh, Stiff Record signs them in 1980. They put out Crazy Rhythms. Everybody loves it. Right. Everyone loves that record. And <laughs> it's, it, a, it's a great record. Right. Uh, bombs uh, as far as sales and Stiff dumps them. You know, but um, a lot of things happen in between that and the next one. So there's six years between that and the gooder. Yeah. And a lot of people think, well, they're just going to sit on a couch and, you know, eat Doritos and smoke some weed. That's not what they did. They did a shitload of side bands. They they have more side bands than just about anybody I can think of. Uh, Let me go through the list. There's the tripes. Sunburst, there's, uh, let's see, Wake uh, Young Woo, Wake Ulu, Speed the Plow, Wild Carnations. <laughs> uh, later, Stan, uh, the drummer, joins Luna. You know, they just were... Right, uh, I, I saw that yeah. too. They, they just had a, they did a lot of work and, you know, they, they had some change up. So Anton Fear does the, he's the drummer on uh, the Crazy Rhythms album and uh, him and the bassist go away. And they start a band uh, called the Tripes, or they start jo- they join a band called the Tripes, and that's where they meet uh, Brenda Souter and uh, Stan Domeski, the drummer, and uh, that's where they start doing some um, some instrumentals uh, with a band called the Willies, and uh, the Willies are basically the Feelies, but they're doing instrumentals. And okay. The place they do this all in is a place called Maxwell's, which is in Hoboken, yes, New Jersey. Um, and that plays a pretty big part in them coming back and staying together uh, because the guy that runs that place at Maxwell's, um, Maxwell's is named after the coffee factory that was right next door. And it's on the corner of, uh, let's see, Washington 11th in Hoboken. And Steve Fallon is the guy that's uh, running that place. And they start playing there a lot. And as the Willies, they start setting up a very casual sort of, you know, uh, a setup on stage of like it's a living room. They'll put a couch there and they'll put a, a lamp and a side table. Oh, nice. And uh, from there, they, they kind of develop some of the songs as instrumentals that ends up on the good earth. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, all right. Like I said, I came to this record, had no idea. Um, I start listening to it and I'm like, oh my God, this is great. And I, and I actually messaged you. I said, this, this record is fucking awesome, great. Isn't it? It's so great. And I, and, and it's, uh, different in a lot of ways from uh, crazy rhythms really different it is uh, it has a whole different vibe um and uh a, a lot of acoustics strummed acoustics and then i'm reading about it and who produced the record which i had no idea peter buck right yeah. <laughs> which, yeah. which makes sense when you listen to it and all right so rem originally they were influenced by the feelings right 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 yeah so peter buck when he's you know the record store guy in athens he loves the first Feelies album. Right. And um, now many people will say, well, he's the one that made it sound, the good earth sound like it does. Walls you build up, stone by stone. Fields divided one by one. And the train conductor says, take a break, driver. Like the feelies evolved on their own, 
So the Feelies influenced the REM band, and it's not the other way around. REM didn't... I mean, they were listening to, at the time, in 1984, the Meat Puppets right. and, and some of the Athens bands, but more rural bands than, you know, the, the New York scene. They deliberately didn't want to sound like every other punk band because, you know, they went through the punk thing, and they wanted to be different than yeah, yeah, yeah. the Ramones and all the CBGBs bands. So that they kind of went back to New Jersey versus just staying in New York and did their own damn thing. And if you have to pick one theme is this band did whatever the fuck it wanted when it did, uh, whenever it could. And um, it didn't go by anybody else's rules. So they put out an album once every six years or approximately. There's a 17 year gap in there. But um, they pick their own producers or they produce it on their own. And they sound like how they want to. Right. And right. They, they only play when they want to. And they only toured when they did a couple tours, but that kind of broke them. <laughs> you know, they oh, right, right. Yeah. One of the things yeah, that some people just aren't built for that. Right. They're right. just not. But that doesn't mean they can't make great music and music that sounds. All right. So uh, I was trying to think, how do you describe it? It's uh, minimalist at times, uh, hypnotic, very hypnotic and very organic. I find a lot of it this is. record, it sounds very, or, or the songs sound organic. It is. It, so, so it's got a, a, an acoustic sound and open, you know, very open sound to yes, it. Yes. And uh, so it's electric guitar, acoustic, like a Fender Stratocaster, uh, a Gibson acoustic or electric. And then um, the drumming's different. But the other thing that's very interesting about this more than any other is how deep the vocals are in it. It's almost more of a instrument than it really exactly, is. Exactly. Yeah. I was gonna. I was gonna mention that, and that's a big part of of the sound of the record. Uh, why it sounds the way it does. And you know, I, I was thinking. I remember uh, when REM first came out, and mm. Mitch Easter had a had a quote. I remember reading about uh, how he mixed them, and uh, and about mixing Michael Stipe's vocals so low. And and he said Mitch Easter said he mix, he would mix them low to make the music seem. Uh, bigger to like pick the, the the music up some by mixing uh the vocals low but in this case I, exactly what you said i feel like the vocals are just another instrument in the composition no more no less important than the uh, percussion than the guitars because definitely the two guitar uh, that that these guys do that's that's the band right there and they're uh, so they influenced uh, like rem sonic youth weezer I, apparently yep. weezer is like a huge fan but their influences Velvet Underground and television. I hear in some of these songs. I do too. Oh yeah, for L sure. Let me throw some weird ones out at that. They're a big fan of the Beatles and Stones. Oh yeah, well yeah, because um, they'll obvious. do covers. Beatles of especially, obvious. but Neil Young is another one. Uh, you'll hear like, um, especially in their albums after Good Earth. But some of the solos are kind of like uh, Philip Glass. They're big fans of Philip Glass. Oh okay. Wire and Brian Eno. Um, so in, so the people, in the modern lovers, all people that did what they wanted, whatever, the, whatever, whatever the fuck, the fuck yeah. they wanted. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I was talking to a, a wonderful gentleman, Troy Mice, and he told me, you know, they made this album kind of like XL on Main Street. They wanted it to uh, be a live sound, and with people, you know, uh, the two mains came in with a lot of the songs uh, are kind of made up and kind of told the the drummers and bassists here's how we're going to put it together, but they wanted to go for kind of a live sound. Yeah, and, and it yeah. does sound like that. It, it does it? sound mm. live, but it also, it's very hypnotic, like I said, very it hypnotic. It is. And just not, I don't know, it, it's hard to describe, but the songs, e even though they're great songs, but they're of a piece of the record. It's not like a song, oh, someone could uh, cover it, should cover that and do it differently. It's like, no. They're, right. they're, this, they are what they are on this record, and that's it. Because some of them, if you break them down, they're like not even songs or they're yeah. weird songs and it starts right. So let's start because I have uh, that, that starts right away with the first song. It does. And it, I, yeah, I, I had a epiphany uh, on this whole record when I, when you, when you told me you were going to do it and I put it on and listened to that first song. Go ahead. What were you well, gonna I was just going to say a couple themes. This, this is like a great road trip album because it does put you in a place. It takes you to a place. It brings me to a place. It gives me a feeling and there's a couple albums that remind me that, you know, when I think of Nick Drake's uh, Five Leaves Left. Oh, yeah. OK. Or the Go-Betweens, 16 Lovers Lane, uh, the Fleet Foxes, first or second out or uh, Helplessness Blues, Van Morrison's. 
uh, or XTC Skylarking, they all kind of have a feel to them, right? Like as a total album, and right. this this does too. I, does. I agree with you. It does. Mm. All right, so let's start out all with right. the first track. Uh, right away, uh, before I play it, I heard at the beginning, and this is before I knew Peter Buck uh, um, produced it. Mm. It reminded me of "Don't Go Back to Rockville," which is which uh, was actually 1984, so two years before this. And then just with the acoustics and the piano and how they're playing it, I go, "Oh, this kind of sounds like "Don't Go Back to Rockville." And then I see, "Oh, Peter Buck produced it," which uh, that's the first record you did with us was yeah, the, Reckoning. Yeah, was yeah, Reckoning. All right, but then something happens in this song that we're going to talk about. But let's listen to a little bit first. Let's listen to a little bit of On the Roof. So it starts out like, you know, it sounds okay. It sounds like a indie song. He's uh-huh. singing just a, a verse. I know you said you can't even fly on your way. I hope you'll be okay. Stop for a while. Talk about it. And then like magic, this uh, guitar, this beautiful guitar solo comes in and it turns into a bridge. And it's like not like, I don't know. You're not, Tom, we haven't talked. You aren't a musician at all, are you? No, I not forget. even close. You're not. Okay, but you're a music lover. Yeah. But that's like that's like not right for a song for a song to just like go it like sort of gets hijacked by this guitar and and it keeps and just when you think it like keeps going and it it, it like comes in too soon and it goes on to make song sense but it's like so beautiful and the and the guitar solo just keeps building and building and elevating and it's like wait we haven't we've got one verse no chorus or anything and they just took off with that I love how they blow the sound structure. I mean, the song exactly. structure out of the exactly. water. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's kind of you know they pick some of that up in the first album, but it's it's very subtle, but it happens on mo- a lot of these songs. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, yeah, that's so th- right away. I swear, I'm not even I'm not even lying to you. This isn't hyperbole. I I I was listening to it in my car. I started. I I stopped it and I went back and listened to this first song again before I even listened to the rest of the rec- uh, record. I had to listen to this song twice just to make sure. Wait, is is that really how the song went? And it's like it, it's amazing. It's and like and so one of the thing about Peter Buck producing this, he wasn't heavy handed. I mean, they came in, they kind of knew what they wanted to do. Oh yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. So yeah. like, uh, you remember I mentioned Philip Glass, and I think it's the first album. The, uh, the record companies were like, well, you need to be produced by somebody famous. How about Philip Glass? And the band was like, there's no fucking way, but <laughs> right. we'll go meet him because it's kind of cool. You yeah, know? Let's yeah, go meet yeah, Phil- yeah. So they go meet, you know, Iris' cousin, Philip, and uh, they have a great time, but they're like, Philip says, you guys know what you want. You don't need me. But Peter Buck, he's a co-producer, and he, he was not heavy-handed. You know, he basically said, uh, hey, uh, Brenda, your bass is a little out of tune. Or, yeah, yeah. Sometimes the or, important job about a producer yeah. is just to sort of tweak things a little and then yeah. stay out of the band's and, way, especially if a band knows what they're yeah. doing already. So I want people to think like, oh, shit, he just came in and REM'd them no, in, no. from their first album. That's not what happened at all. No, no, yeah. it's not. And it's a different, like I said, even though, uh, yeah, the, they both shared, especially on the early REM albums, that that sort of buried in the mix low vocals, it's not the same thing at all because this is definitely, the vocals are really just sort of in there like as you said in yeah. there as another instrument in the song but not uh you know it's more velvet underground than it is rem exactly on that. exactly all right so we get another simple again simple sounding vaguely familiar guitar opening because they're not it's not like they're playing like wild chords or different things yeah. some a lot of it sounds vaguely familiar 
but also it kind of eases it kind of eases you into it and then by the time the 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 drums kick in it sort of takes so it takes you the guitar comes in uh, rather and it takes the place of a vocal what would be a right, melodic right. vocal it's the guitar doing it yeah um, glenn has said he's more of a guitarist than a vocalist and you know he does kind of the lou reed sort of vocal so oh yeah some yeah his... some songs more than other you can yeah. hear it on this one for sure but um all right let's listen to a little bit of the high road said yeah. i mean this is it this is like the hypnotic the the white lines of the road it is and, and this song's just magical i can never get tired of this song it, it is to me a driving song yeah you know? it is and it like uh, takes its time like it takes so long until the yeah. drums finally kick in right. and it like takes its time and uh yeah it, it, it's great and, and that's kind of a theme of the whole band take your time go at your own pace do what you want to do. Yeah. What you know? One thing I wrote down. It's like the opposite of flashy rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> it's like whatever, exactly the polar opposite of that. I mean, and that's that's kind of the whole philosophy behind this band, in my opinion. You know, they're like, this is how we're, we're going to do it. We're going to do a show on this holiday. I hope you guys show up. B- by the way, they just had a show, two shows last week. I think. Up really? In, yeah. One in uh, Woodstock. One in New Jersey. Oh, nice. I'm jealous that I didn't go, but they're still playing. They're still a live band all put together. Maxwell's isn't there anymore. No, I think it's a seafood joint now. Oh, of course it is. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So this this next one has a little bit of the frantic, a little bit more of the frantic feel that the first record had. Right. Uh, Mm -hmm. But then but then the lyrics are still very uh, pastoral. You still have the very pastoral type lyrics. I think so. Yeah. You could interpret it two way. But you're right. There's two songs on here that could fit easily on Crazy Rhythms. And this is one. This is one of them. Let's listen to a little bit of the last one. Those guitars, that fast strumming guitar, mm-hmm. Velvet. I immediately thought of Velvet Underground. What goes on, especially what goes on if you listen to the live, the 1969 Velvet uh-huh. Underground live. Listen to that. It's that same sound. Yeah, it's a, like so. Yeah, they're, it they're reminds fans. me of Run 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 or Waiting for the Man. But yeah, that's another one. You can definitely hear the Velvets in this one. Oh yeah, yeah. you can for sure, for sure. That that, that like clean uh, guitar sound, but like strummed really heavily. Um, yeah, and and I don't. I'll be I'll be honest. I don't know. This this whole record is more 
like a mood, setting a mood. I don't know a lot what's going on in these songs. <laughs> I just don't. Most of them are, are kind of, you know, if you read into them, there's a little bit of anxiety. You know, it's like a very smooth record, but there's a little bit of anxiety in some of the lyrics. Some, most of it's positive. You know, at the end of the day, I think that, you know, they're like, take things at your own pace. You will persevere. But this one in particular has got some weird lyrics in it, like late at night hearing voices, burning cars out on the highway, praying for morning to come. Yeah, yeah. Well, is I, this life during wartime, or is this just a bad acid trip, or is it just a guy out in in a barn? <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. There is. I see. I wasn't thinking. No. Uh, I guess there is a little creeping anxiety in yeah. some of these things. But I also, I, I just get. Uh, even though this is a really great record, and mm. I've been enjoying listening to it. I get, I, I get a little sad listening to it. I get a little <laughs> of sadness. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm going through some shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, the yeah. Most, like I said. Uh, in general, they have a positive attitude towards things because they set their own pace. You know, they'll come up with another album when they come up with enough songs for another album. So they come out oh, with right, an album right. like every six well, good years. good for them, man. That, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, you know, not not everyone needs to be, uh, especially uh, especially then at that time. I mean, now bands, uh, it's more common for bands to take more time between records. But yeah. then it was just like every year. Yeah. They got, Eight, you know, less, where's yeah. your next record? Two a year or something like that for some, some bands. Yep. But, you know, one other thing, well, we can talk about that later, but they have not, they're a band that, in my opinion, has not put out a bad album. Oh, okay. You know, okay. Yeah, that, that always interests me because there's not, right. but usually it's also bands that haven't put out that many records. Well, they put either. out six. Oh, okay. Right? Okay, and that's the, good. And, you know, when's the last time you heard a band, you know, 35, 40 years into it, put out an album that's really good? Usually they're kind of like a shadow of themselves. Yeah, and, you know, true. So 2017, they put out an album that's very similar uh, called In Between. It's awesome. It's oh, fucking that's awesome. Well, that's great to hear. Yeah, they're holding on. <laughs> All right, so this one starts out uh, with a whisper of guitars that ease into the song. This is great. This is one yeah. of my favorite ones. Me on too. Here. Yeah. Uh, slipping into something. Definitely uh, Lou Reed. You could hear Lou Reed in, in mm. delivery and his delivery there. And also, like, what do you think? Because I'm thinking slipping. Is he slipping? Because he could be slipping into like a drug enhanced state. Is that what he's doing? You know, could that be what he's going on about? It, it could be. It could be relationship. He's slipping in into something and slipping out of something else at right, the very right. end. It, it could be something like that. But, you know, once again, you know, if you listen to lyrics, they're, they're very, you know, well grounded. They're not like everything's happy. You know, it's not hippie lyrics. No, no. It's just like, <laughs> shit, this is real life. But, right, right. Uh, yeah, so it's something like that, you know. This has to me, and uh, you didn't do the end of the song, but well, it gets, I'm gonna play it in oh, there because okay, okay. that's the television. I'm gonna, I'm yeah, gonna play it over yeah. there. That remind me of television. Once it sort of it eases out and then it comes in. Yeah. Uh, oh my God, that sound and television. That's we haven't done the television reg. We what the? Who's? Yeah, come on, somebody needs to step up. Someone will. But mm. yeah, you could definitely feel that in the outro, and I'll definitely. Uh, and this is a this again. is an old song, by the way. They uh, I saw, I found a version of this from 1977. That they had quite different, but they had been tooling with this for a while oh okay yeah. and then also out of nowhere it's they start speeding up and it yeah. just keeps speeding up which yeah. is which is really awesome which gives it uh you know uh that heroin feel yeah <laughs> yeah for sure exactly exactly so yeah it's all there you know i was thinking listen to this these, this doesn't sound like a band from new jersey <laughs> Where's it? Where's it sound like? Like California? It uh, no. It, it sounds like because I was thinking like before he started singing, I was thinking 
Love Tractor. I was thinking oh, of the yeah, Athens yeah. thing. The mm. South. I was thinking someone from the South. There's a very, I don't know, even the the cover, like where they're, they're standing like in, in this field. And yeah, everything. yeah. It just doesn't, it just doesn't scream uh, Jersey. It me. doesn't. You know, uh, Brenda took that picture and they, I think it was Glenn that said, yeah, they were deliberately trying to get away from the the New York City sound. They yeah, wanted yeah, something yeah. different. So well, good for them. That, that it was more more than just a passing, you know, fancy that that happened. Right, right, mm-hmm. right, right. This episode of That Record Got Me High podcast is brought to you by our patrons at Patreon. What is Patreon? Well, I've only been telling you about it for the past three years, but Patreon is a platform that allows you to support artists and creators that you love. How do you become a patron? Well, I also mentioned this too. You go to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH or just go to patreon.com and search for That Record Got Me High podcast and become a patron of the show. It's fun. It's, well, I don't know how fun it is really, but uh, it really helps out and we appreciate you and we have special patron curated episodes and we send out newsletters and uh, it is fun. Let's, I'm just going to go on record as saying it's kind of fun. Go to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH and become a patron today. All right. So now this one, when company comes, this is the one that I get this melancholy. I feel like there's this sort of melancholy sadness on the song. I don't even know if it's meant to be sad to me. It's, when a company comes, yeah, yeah. I, I, to me, it's kind of uh, kind of funny, you know. <laughs> really, with with the lady yelling, you know, yelling at the end. That's the that almost made me cry. All right, let's listen to a little. <laughs> okay, I, I tell right. you, Tom, there's something wrong with me. Let's listen to a little bit of when company comes. song where i feel like maybe buck had uh, peter buck had a little influence because that dual vocal thing there mm-hmm. is very rem ish and, and this, who's to say because this is already 1986 maybe a little of the rem sort of filtered back into them a little because that's uh, mm-hmm. that's just a real pretty part and it sounds so much like uh, mike yeah, mills I, I, uh, I can't pretend that, that they didn't hear that yeah i'm yeah, with yeah. you i'm with you on that but, but why does this make you sad Rob? because well because he says company comes to make you feel accepted you do what the company wants to S for when it's cold outside. I just feel, and then you hear there's something like uh, at night, like if you're if if you hear outside the window, you hear people talking, and you hear things going on outside. To me, this song reminds me of loneliness and how like letting other people into your world won't necessarily chase away the loneliness. Like you could feel lonely mm-hmm. even if you're hanging out in the yard with other people. Then that's the feeling I get from this song. I see where you're coming from there. Okay. I don't get that, but... <laughs> Good. I'm glad you don't. Well, that shows but, you're probably, but I can see where you're coming. You're probably healthy. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think you can... They're, they're, the, the lyrics that they have, they're not complicated, but they're deep. Exactly. And, yeah, and I think yeah, almost every one of these songs I could interpret like two ways. 
Oh yeah, you know? for sure, for sure. And yeah, but that's just uh, like I said, that's the way it uh that's just the way it makes me feel. I get this melancholy feeling from it. And you you're amused, you're kind of just amused by it. Uh, well, <laughs> that's not good. at your expense, but yeah. <laughs> sure, Tom. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so here's a story about uh during the making and the editing of this, Peter Buck and um I think Dave Weckerman go to the local food mart uh right next door to um where they're mixing this. Uh and uh, they're, they're walking around just to get some snacks. And some kids are in the store, some high school kids. And one of the kids is wearing an REM T-shirt, right? Oh, so, nice. so Peter, you know, being kind of an easygoing guy, just walks around waiting for the kid to recognize him, kind of follows the kids around. <laughs> right. The kids never recognize him. Yeah. Never. You know, so somewhere there was a kid that could have met Peter Buck. Ah, that's great. He's like, yeah. But he's not David Lee Roth, so he didn't like, hey, look at yeah. me. Do you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you know who I am? <laughs> Kiss the ring. That's great. How did you, where'd you hear that story? Because like we were talking earlier, it's hard to find much about this band. Yeah. So a uh, uh, very nice guy, Troy Mice, the guitar tech for them, also a member of the Meat Puppets for a while and a musician on his own. I reached out to him and he, he gave me some information. So does Stan Domeski, the, the drummer, emailed him, got some information. Because oh, nice. you're right, there's, there's articles and there's, I don't know, maybe 10 articles that are fairly deep. And then you get the bios, but you got to put it all together. And you know, as far as their histories, I know that Bill lives in Florida now, but... Oh, really? Yeah, he lives somewhere near Orlando, but, uh, you know, there's not a whole lot of information about well, this band. Because They're a but, cult band. But like you said, at the end of the day, it's a band that didn't really care for that, weren't yeah. big on uh, promoting themselves. Right. They just were wanted to, you know, put out records when they had something to say and play when they felt like doing a show, and that's that. And that, that's and right. that was and, enough for them, which is great. They had one guy interviewing them, he was like, bullshit, nobody wants to be a cult artist. And he said... Yeah, we want to play. We didn't want to buy into the machinery of the music business. We didn't want to tour when they wanted us to tour. We didn't want a producer to change our sound. So, shit, if that's what it takes, yeah, by good God, them. we'll one be a company. That's a one in a million It is, band. it is. <laughs> and, and that still puts out good music, too, right? You know, so you got to go to, like, uh, one of their albums I can only find on Bar None. Bar None is their record company now. But um, they're, they're out there to get the albums, all of them, if you want. Okay, good. Mm. All right, so we flipped the record over. We are on side B now, and this one, um, another one in particular where the vocals definitely feel like just another component of the song, and also Love Tractor, this is also one, just a little uh, reminding me of Love Tractor, you know, because they didn't, obviously they didn't have vocals at all. All right, let's listen to a little bit of Let's Go. There's no, there's no deep meaning to see or anything. This is about the journey we're on. We're on the journey in the car, and right. let's go on that journey. And it's and it's great, but yeah, there's nothing. Uh, there's no need to dig down because there's, there's. I don't think there's anything. No, <laughs> no. I, I I tend to think like let's not overthink this, right? This exactly, is like Roadrunner, exactly. right? It's the day version of Roadrunner, <laughs> right? But it's still great. There, every every song on this record is great. There's not yeah. there's not like a weak thing. There's nothing bad. It just all just sort of goes through, and it and it's great. It makes me think though, you should do a Patreon like uh, road trip uh, compilation or something like that. Oh, that's a good. Yeah. yeah, actually, I think someone has mentioned that before. That'll definitely be one coming up. Yeah, someone with a little more credibility than me. <laughs> uh, no, no, uh, several. Well, you have as much credibility as any of my other patrons. Um, 
<laughs> All right. So now we get uh, the next one. Uh, an- another song. I have no idea. I have no idea what it's about or what they're going on, but uh, it's a great song. Another one that you could say could fit in the first record, could fit on Crazy Rhythms, right? It could. It could, yeah. I mean, the thing I want to point out here is I, th- I think this brings in Stan's drumming really well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, Well, the, the drumming and uh, percussion in general on this yeah. is like perfect. It's like not overdone, but it's so it is, well it is. done. It is. It's, you know, the first album is a lot more percussion. And, you know, of course, Dave Ann uh, is percussion and, and then Stan's drumming. But uh, when I, you know, asked Stan, like, so what are you influences on on your drumming? And it's all over the place. It's uh, Earl Palmer, uh, Ringo, Jim Gordon, um, who did the Don uh, Bonzo Dog Band, you know, which oh, Ira, okay, yeah, uh, did the uh, the version of that. Uh, right, Keith Moon, Mitch Mitchell. Roger Hawkins, you know, the Muscle Shoals group, Wilson Pickett's guys. Oh, okay. Yeah. So and he's Mo all over too. the place. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Who, yeah, up I until, you know, it took me some education as a non-musician to understand Mo's style. Right. I used to think she was just a shitty drummer. You know, right. Know I know. But I then know. I realized, okay, once I got educated a little bit more, she's got her own style that's oh, very cool. So talk about doing your own thing and not right. giving a fuck. <laughs> that, that's what I like about that. Exactly. Right? It's so exactly. different. Yeah. Um, but I think this is just like, Although it's kind of funny. Uh, become who you are. It's so easy. No, it's not. It's not well, easy. Well, <laughs> you know what? It's funny you say that because I have that written down there. Yeah. Because the fact that this one sounds a little more frantic to me and yeah. everything, I I feel like the narrator doesn't really believe it It uh, it, it, it can't be too hard to become what you are. I, I, I don't think, yeah, I, I he, he isn't buying it either. No, I, I mean, what we're in our 50s somewhere and like, <laughs> we're just getting there, maybe. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right, so now we get the... Uh, a title track of the record. Uh, let's listen to the title track, The Good Earth. <laughs> just be me speculating but i feel like this is an autobiographical song about the band itself i think you're right okay i totally agree with you although seven years six years what's the difference right that's what i was thinking too yeah 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 so they're sort of referencing self-referencing and talk about the old fun Uh, people never listen that hard yeah Uh, that's great this Uh, this has some deep lyrics in it and yeah yeah it does um you know that you can't 
I got, I got, I can't stay. I've got to be on my way. I can't be alone. I guess that, you know, you know, and the quote that makes me think of is some journeys take you farther away from where you come, but closer to where you belong. So, you know, they went out, they did some tours. They found that that wasn't for them. Right. You know, and that's where they started going into, we're, we're going to tour and do what we want to. And, and they toured out. for this record. Did it, is this the record they toured with Lou Reed? No, no, they did that a little later. Oh, um, they did. Okay. Yeah, so but they toured with Lou Reed. <laughs> they did. Yeah. That was like, you know, um, so one of their breaks, first of all, I saw them. Um, in Tallahassee, and I think it's 1986. Okay, so that and was the show that uh, Barry and you, you and Barry were at the same Barry show, right? Barry going to California stock, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, we were at the same show. It was probably 60 people at the grand finale. Great show, very kinetic band. They, but they didn't have any, they weren't touring with anybody at the time. But they've toured with Sonic Youth, with Yola Tango. Right. That's the other band that's big out of this area, by the way. That somebody needs to do, uh, uh, you know, a show on. Yeah, yeah. They would be a hard band because they have very different. They they're are all, all over. The, all over the yeah, place. Yeah, yeah. You got to pick a period. But but anyway, they're pals with them, and uh, they've done um, you know REM tribute uh, concerts and, and uh, Velvet Underground tribute concerts. But, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean they pick they pick to do what they want to do. Right, so, right, right. Um, but this specific song, I think you're right. It's kind of like here's what we did. Here's what we learned from that. And. The other thing I thought, and I tried to go back and read, you know, The Good Earth, that book by Pearl Buck. I can't see any connection. Oh, okay. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> well, I'm like, good for you for yeah. trying. <laughs> I tried. I mean, there might be something there, but there's one connection. And, and I got to admit, I didn't pick this out on my own. Troy did. He said, Pearl Buck, and who produced the album? Oh. P. Buck. I'm like, okay, was you that know? coincidence or not? I don't know. Well, uh, some people first? say there, there are no coincidences. <laughs> so. All right, so now uh, this one, next song starts out with a question. How can you go home? Yeah. Right? Uh, let's listen to Tomorrow Today. to point out this uh, whole album is sequenced very well because this is what uh, a penultimate this is the penultimate song yeah, yeah. and it's the perfect penultimate song it I is think. it is you know otherwise you'd have too much jangly in there and yeah yeah i'm glad they mixed this in yeah and it and see this is where i get i sort of get a, a overwhelming sense of like unresolved things that are unresolved on this album i, I feel unresolved feelings and like to me, it all—it's all very beautifully ragged and forlorn, but there's no like there's no triumph or vindication. Like there's no big you know vindicated song. It's just sort of there, and and that's not not necessarily bad. It's not necessarily a bad thing because, mm-hmm. like you said, maybe they're just comfortable with themselves and they're comfortable with everything, and and this is what they're presenting to you. you know? I, I think that they're yeah they're realists in the long run. Not everything gets resolved with a nice happy American movie ending, right? You know, yeah, exactly. Relationships are jagged. They have highs and lows, and this one seems to be like a relationship that just keeps on going through the same thing over and over again. You know, right, tomorrow, right. today. He's, yep. It, it, uh, yeah. It, 
It's better talking right from the start. You get excited. I fall apart. Yeah. Again. Again. <laughs> right. So it's like that. Uh, maybe it's about, you know, that friend that uh, breaks up with this douchebag and you go, oh, thank God you broke up with that douchebag. And then the next week she she like, oh, I got back together with him. It's very awkward. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's something like that. But this, yeah. this has kind of a, to me, this reminds me of a television source sound. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah, for sure. Uh, which there was nothing wrong with that. No, no. It's just, you know, there's like, you know, all at the same time. I was trying to see chronologically when did the Dream Syndicate start doing their thing, and when did the Go Between start doing their thing? Oh, right, all around the, the it, same it's time. The 80s, yeah, it's but 80s you know, thing. they're all independent of each other. They all kind of take this offshoot of the Velvets plus something, right, and take it in a different direction. Well, it's bands that wanted to be they they they're rock bands, but they wanted to veer off into a, a different path right, of right. rock and roll. Yeah. yeah, and all of those are great. You know, I, I love all those bands, but right. they all Me sound too. slightly different. And this is. I think one of those other pillars that sounds slightly different. Oh yeah, than yeah. The standard. Oh, okay. They're just a another punk band or uh, an alternative band, as they call it. Right, right. All right. So now we get the the final thing is the is to me this is like a perfect slow burner ending to the record. Uh, that's why I, I really think it's just sequenced so well. I mean, sometimes you're just because you listen to it. I, I've been listening to this record a lot and, and, and you like get used to the flow of it, but I feel like I could tell when something's really sequenced good and I wouldn't change anything. And this is it for sure. So uh, they're telling you right at the end, they're telling you to slow down. <laughs> so great the way we were talking about how they take their time it's and, and it's ironic that they're saying slow down because i feel like if they slow down anymore it'd be going backwards <laughs> and reverse <laughs> but it's great i mean this is kind of like the philosophy of the feelies right take your own time when you're ready to put out an album yeah you know? right yeah exactly it's like uh you know every not quite you know because like i said there was a 17 year break in there you know bill uh, moved to Florida and there was a big break, but eventually they get back. To, I think Sonic Youth says, "Please come play with us," and that brought him back. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's great, though. I yeah. mean, come on, how how great is that? I know, and you know, it's not like uh, it's not like the next Elvis Costello album where you're just like, "Oh Jesus Christ, <laughs> this is going to be disappointing." What is he on? Yeah, what is he? What is he going to? What is he into now? Yeah, <laughs> oh dear God, is it uh, with Tony Bennett or who? Right, but, exactly. Yeah, uh, they actually, honestly, Latin jazz. Right, right, right. <laughs> Salsa. Uh, th they stick kind of to their guns. You know, there's a little bit of difference. There's a little more guitar in some of their albums, a little less. Right. But, you know, every single one of the albums is solid, and some of them are great. Most of them are great. That's um, great. That's, that's great to hear. This has kind of a Buddy Holly sound to it to me. You know, it's got a very simple, there's nothing complicated about this song. Right. And I think Glenn even mentioned, one of the guys mentioned, you know, they, they harken all the way back to the Buddy Holly days on some of their 
chords that they use. It's nothing that complicated. No, but, no, nothing complicated. They're not mm. using all these uh, guitar effects or right. something. Just very either acoustic or very clean sounding guitars. Right. And that's great. And they and they like using. It's like a painter just using you know whatever does right. certain uh, colors to like uh, to make this beautiful different thing. And it just shows you don't have to throw in everything in the kitchen sink. You know. Right. It's not a Jackson Pollock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or maybe it is. I don't. Maybe. Know. Yeah. It could be. I mean, at some of the end of the songs, it's like that. <laughs> You know, uh, one of their super fans was Jonathan Demi. You know, the uh, um, the director did Silence of the Lambs. He, yes. he used them in Something Wild. Um, and they're like, uh, I don't know if you remember that movie, but it was far, partially filmed in Tallahassee. But there's a band scene where they're doing a high school reunion. Which one was Something Wild? Who was in that? Um, uh, Melanie Griffith and Ray Liotta. Okay. the psycho in it. Oh, okay. And uh, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so there's a high school scene where they're... they're Credited as the Willies, but it's really the Feelies. Oh, nice! And uh, Dave does a version of Fame that's really quirky. Um, <laughs> but he was a super fan, and he was going to do like a documentary called "Night of the Living Feelies" that never happened. It was oh, a, that sounds that sounds awesome. A zombie documentary with the Feelies in it, and oddly enough, it just didn't pan out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a no like a no brainer, right? <laughs> But, uh, you know, he's still a super fan. He's used them in a couple of other movies, too. So, and just a cool guy. And he did, a, he did a video for them at Maxwell's, as a matter of fact. Um, one of their videos for one of their later albums. Oh, nice. Mm. Yeah, because they were like, they were kind of like the house band at Maxwell's, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, yeah they, they did show up there once in a while, you know. Whenever they, they wanted to play, they could yeah. do a gig at, at Maxwell's, right? Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty popular place. I mean. Oh, yeah, no, I remember. I, yeah. I was there once. But oh, were you? I, I was there because I was actually recording right near there. And Anton Fear, I remember Anton Fear was in the studio. Oh, wow. Uh, With um, the Golden Palominos? Well, it was around the time of the Golden Palominos, okay. but he was just there hanging out. Yeah. But uh, we just went, and there was just some local bands. Playing. Chili Peppers? No, Were they there? Spe- <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. They did play there, but I'm just kidding. Oh, did they really? Yeah. Oh, you know. Good yeah. for them. Good for them. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, Tom, looks like we're out of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What a way to get kicked out the door. <laughs> no. Uh, this was, yeah, like I said, this was great. When you first said, of course, I go, oh, Tom's trying to be cool, not picking uh, crazy <laughs> rhythms. But um, Which, by the way, speaking of crazy rhythms, I'm going to mention... Uh, that Thomas graciously brought a vinyl copy of a brand new unopened vinyl copy of Crazy Rhythms that he is allowing me to offer to a listener. So we'll do uh, we'll figure out how to do that. Uh, we'll have some kind of contest open to everyone because I can't just do it for patrons because they got mad at me. Patreon said no, you can't do that. Uh, you ha- it has to be open to everyone. So, but we'll figure out some way to <laughs> give it out. Whatever you know. Tom, as usual, great. You know, you guys out there should be a, a lesson to, to be a fan of this show, Tom, because you've been, you were like one of our first patrons. Now, maybe not one of our first patrons, but you've been a patron a long time. A long time, yeah. And the, he was one of the first guests that came, and I, I'll never forget because Tom knows this when he was coming. Mm-hmm. Barry, I said, we're going to let this, we don't know this guy. We're going to eat with him us. and let him in our house. Yes. But it all, it all it worked out great. I'm just waiting for the right time, Rob. <laughs> no, it's a long, <laughs> it's a long game. It's a long game. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but uh, he's great. He, he always, you know, he, he brings obviously great records and he always does his homework and he, he brings beer. And so, I mean, come on. Next time I'm going to bring something from the century, though. I think, you know, you, I just want to bring something new. Well, you're good. I mean, I'm excited that mm. I'm, I'm happy to hear that you still listen to new music and explore because that's good. That's important. I know some people only listen to their old shit and that's it. But I it, try to good. keep up. I mean, I'm not as good as everybody, but I try to keep up with. Some, and, you funny. know, the thing is, people our age are going to like, oh, shit, that sounds just like fill in the blank. Oh, yeah. You right. Know? Right. It's true. It's and, true. And, and that is true. It's true because but, nothing new. Chances are, if something was totally new, we wouldn't like it anyway. Right. But back in, you know, there was probably guys <laughs> that listened to 50s music that said in the 60s, oh, shit, that's just Buddy Holly plus exactly, Chuck exactly. Berry put together. Right. But some, sometimes they just put a little spin on it. Right. And, it's a little and I think that's what the feelies did. They put a little spin on it. They've got their own sound. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm excited that people who only know crazy rhythms are going to hear this and like me say, oh, my God, that is such a great. How did how did I not? know about yeah. this record and how great it is and look at all their catalog their whole catalog's great all right cool well uh thanks again don't forget guys uh instagram and facebook it's at that record got me high also that facebook group got me high is a lot of fun now we're getting a bunch of new members and uh 
You know, you guys could post memes on there too. I don't have to be the only one doing it, but uh, some people do. But good, you could do it, and you could do memes that make fun of me. That's fine. I, I, I just prefer to shoulders. mock yours. Uh, <laughs> uh, on Twitter, it's at trgmh podcast. You can email me at trgmh33 at gmail.com. I just want to say I get I don't mention it, but I get a lot of really nice emails from people. I got a guy an email from a guy in Australia saying he found the show and he and he told me the shows he's been listening to and he really likes the podcast and i really appreciate you guys uh, writing in and uh, that you're enjoying the show don't forget patreon.com if you want to become a patron a super patron like our friend tom Lowry, you can go to patreon.com forward slash trgmh how much how would you say it's an, in, enhanced your life uh, how, how much like on a scale of one to ten? Oh yeah uh, like a uh, 12 right uh, <laughs> at least at least you know 11 right turn it up to 11 he seems like a very happy guy so it, i don't think it's no, it, it is it's a, hurt his life it's a blast it's a blast doing the show it's a blast uh, listening to the show and you've turned me on to some great i mean even just the dead sea uh, you know last couple albums uh there's probably six or seven albums I'd never heard of before. It, I know me. everyone says that, and yeah. it is great. And of course, we're gonna have crappy ones too once in a while. What are you gonna do? You know, it's it's hit or miss. Uh, don't forget, guys. If uh, whatever you listen on, subscribe to the show, and uh, you could write a, a review if you want. I'm uh, someone uh, wrote a very lovely re- review recently on uh, Apple, and uh, I appreciate it. So do that. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks again, Tom. We will see you guys next week with another record. Hopefully, it'll be a good one like this one. We'll see you next week. Thanks, I've never been